0: I say...
1: Sunday and I'm kind of wondering what's been on your mind so far today. I think for the average person attending church on an Easter Sunday morning, a lot has been on their mind, especially when the schedule is so different and there's a sunrise service and there's a breakfast and the Sunday school schedule is different and in the morning service itself. And our our deacons and those who help them, I know they've been thinking a lot this morning about cooking and serving and cleaning. Uh, Moms and dads of young children, they've been thinking about today uh, getting their kids in their Easter outfits and and hoping they don't destroy them too early at breakfast before they even make it to the service itself. Our, Our choir musicians and worship team uh, they've been thinking about recently, just in the last little bit, about when to sing and when not to sing and what to play and who's going to sing that part and when to drop out and are we going to get it all right. And and uh, there are those who, with such an early day, they're already thinking about a nap when they get home. In fact, some are ready to get started right now. In fact, some are already there, I noticed, during that last <laughs> piano piece. I, I was thinking about a couple years ago, I was up in Pennsylvania I was serving as a camp pastor for the week, and they gave me, I think it was two sessions, wasn't it? I had a kind of a late morning session and an evening session. And here I am with these teenagers, and I'm supposed to keep them engaged, and I did the best I could. But I always had a group that slept in the morning, and some of them slept at night, and I just kind of told them, okay, you've got to stay awake for at least one, all right? And so we only have one today, so do the best you can. Our minds have been filled with all sorts of thoughts and hopefully some of those thoughts have included Jesus. We've been thinking about Jesus and singing about Jesus and worshiping Jesus today. But as I'm thinking about our thoughts, I begin thinking about the thoughts of those precious ladies on that first Easter Sunday and and what they were thinking about. Now, Now, they didn't know it was the first Easter Sunday. They didn't realize all that was going to take place and what they were going to experience, but their minds they were filled with thoughts of Jesus. But the problem was, it was not the living Jesus they were thinking about. No, their minds they were thinking about a crucified, a, a dead Jesus. Uh, it didn't start out as a day of, of hope and gladness. It was actually for them, in many ways, at the beginning, a, a day of hurt and sadness. They, they set out to accomplish a very unpleasant task. And their minds were upon that task in these burial preparations. Now, we can see exactly what they were thinking about if you'll take your copy of the New Testament and and open again to the Gospel of Mark. We've been for three weeks on a journey to the cross and we reached the cross last week and, and Jesus has been in the tomb. But now we're not at the cross, we're at the tomb. And in Mark chapter 16 we find that we see exactly what these dear ladies were thinking about. Now, I want to ask you, if you would, to keep your Bible open. We're going to be in Mark 16 today, and we'll read some and come back, and read some and then come back later. So keep your copy of the Scripture open. But just start there at verse number 1 of Mark chapter 16. And we see what these precious ladies are doing, what they're thinking about. And it says in verse number 1 of Mark 16, Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint Him. Now you remember, because of the Sabbath, they had to hurriedly get Jesus off the cross and in a tomb. Now that the Sabbath was over, the burial preparations could be completed. They could do the other things that needed to be done. And on that first Easter Sunday, these dear precious ladies made their way to the tomb. Now, you know that means that they were going to the tomb not looking for the resurrected Jesus. No, they were going to complete his burial, or so they thought. What were they doing here? It says that they brought spices. What are these spices all about? Well, they tell me one scholar wrote, Spices were poured over a dead body to counteract the odor of decay. It was a symbolic expression of loving devotion because embalming, they tell me, was not a Jewish custom. And so they didn't embalm the body. So you have a dead body. And I'm sorry it's unpleasant to think about, but you have decomposition taking place. And so they would anoint the body with spices to counteract that. And it was a way of showing love and devotion to that one who had died. And so these ladies there, that early first Sunday Easter Sunday, there they're on their way, and they're going to anoint the dead body of Jesus, or so they thought. And they're thinking about that, but there's also something else they were thinking about. There was something else they were worried about, and that is this: How are they going to get to the body? You're still in Mark chapter 16. Look at verse two and three. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? They probably didn't know about the guards and the watch that had been set and all that, but they did know that there was a heavy stone uh, there in front of the, the, the body of Jesus at the doorway. In fact, you're in chapter 16, back up to the very end of chapter 15, the last two verses, 46 and 47. It says, then he brought fine linen, took him down, talking about the body of Jesus, wrapped him in the linen. He laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of the rock and rolled a great stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. And so they knew that there was this great stone that was in their way. And here they are coming, they're going to in their mind, anoint the dead body of Jesus. And so they're thinking about that and they think, well, how in the world are we going to get to Jesus? Because there's this great stone that's in our way. It was obviously too much for these precious ladies. Now here they are. They're worried about a stone instead of worshiping the risen Savior. How many times are we just like them? How many times do we do the same thing? Look at verse 4. But when they looked up, They saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. Now imagine their surprise. I want you to put yourself in their sandals today. You know you're at the right tomb, but when you get there, the tomb is open. What would your reaction be? Remember, this is early in the morning. I walked over early this morning. It was still dark in many regards, and I'm walking along, and I'm praying, and I heard some weird noises over in the woods back there. I don't know what's over there, but uh, I'm glad it didn't come find me. But you know, you're out in the morning and it's early and I kind of picked up my pace and, and made it okay. But imagine you're going to a tomb early in the morning and you get there and when you get there, the tomb is open. How would you respond? What would your reaction be? Fear, maybe? Wonder? Wonder? confusion. I mean, what's going on? I mean, I know this is the right tomb. I know this is the right place. What in the world is going on? And so these ladies are brave. They enter the tomb. Uh, pick up the reading there. Verse 5. They find another surprise. And entering the tomb, they're braver than I am, aren't they? Are they Braver than you. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. See, they're normal ladies. They were alarmed. But He said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid Him. But go tell His disciples and Peter that He's going before you into Galilee. There you will see Him as He said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. We can understand that reaction, can't we? You get to a tomb. It's open. You go in the tomb. There's a young man sitting in the tomb. An angel, obviously, is who they're dealing with here. And you hear it's some marvelous news that the one that you've come to anoint, the dead body that you came to finish burial preparations, is not there anymore. In fact, he is alive. And you're going to see him. <coughs> and they leave afraid. Now, I've got to remind you, always remember when you're reading this story, beloved, that the stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out, but to let other people go in. See, Jesus in His resurrected body, He did not need the stone to be moved. Because to Him, when you think about it, um, he just, walls and stones and doors, they don't matter because He's in His resurrected body. But this young man here, they gives this news to these precious ladies And he says he's alive and you will see him. Now, I've known this story really, I guess, since the time I could understand it. I was blessed to be brought up in church from a baby onward. I've heard this story many times. I've read it. I preached on it. I've taught it. I've sought to live by it. But as I read it this past week, as I studied it this past week, (coughs) excuse me, I was struck with the thoughts of these ladies. What was on their mind? What they were thinking about? Their morning started out with one set of thoughts, and then they were totally transformed. But think about it. They went looking for a dead Jesus, and they find out that Jesus is alive. They went looking to anoint a dead body, and they end up talking to an angel sitting in the empty tomb. They're worried about a stone that stands in their way to the body of Jesus and they get there and the stone is already rolled away. They were worried about the wrong things. They were eat up with the wrong things. They were concerned about burial spices and a tomb. They were focused on the problems that came with those things rather than the Savior who in victory has already risen and is alive forevermore. They didn't need to be worried. They didn't need to be concerned. They didn't need to be burdened. They didn't need to be sad. Why? Because the stone is rolled away and Jesus is alive. Now, because of that fact, there are some things that you and I don't need to be worried about anymore. In fact, as I thought about this, I want to share just three of them with you this morning. And I hope this will be encouragement to you. I hope it'll be a help to you. Because the stone is rolled away and Jesus is alive, we don't have to worry about our past. <clears throat> you know why? Because if we trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our sin is forgiven. God will not hold it against us. It's been nailed to the cross, it's done, it's forgiven. It's in the sea of God's forgetfulness. Now we may have to deal with some of the consequences of our sin while in this life there's things that we do and there are consequences with it. But we can rest assured today and we can take confidence in knowing that we've been declared just in the courtroom of heaven. Romans says it this way, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Once we were condemned, once we were doomed, But if we're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. We don't have to worry about our past. So I thought about this stone being rolled away. I thought about the heavy burden of our sin. And I remember an old song we used to sing growing up. I guess it was a chorus we sang as kids growing up. I don't know if you ever sung it before, but if you did, you'll recognize it. It went like this. Rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. Every burden of my heart rolled away, rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. Every burden of my heart rolled away. Every sin had to go, neath the crimson flow. Can I remember? Hallelujah. Rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. Every burden of my heart rolled away. Not sure I understood that as a kid. I don't know how much I understood the burden of my sin. I mean, I came to faith in Christ, but I don't know if I understood exactly just what a monumental thing we were singing, that the burden of our sin is rolled away. It's gone. It's gone under the crimson fl- flow of the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't have to worry about our past if we know Christ Jesus is our Savior because our sin is forgiven. But here's more good news. Are you ready for it? you still awake? you still with me? We don't have to worry about our present. Why? Because our Savior is alive. He's alive. He's just as alive today as He was back in this story we're reading right now. He's alive forevermore. He's never going to die again. He's alive forever. The Bible says we have a great high priest to who, Jesus who's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin. He understands us. He relates to us. He he loves us. And we're not left to do life alone. I'm so glad about that. Because life is hard. Life is difficult. It it seems maybe to some, that as you age, maybe you think, well, things will get easier. But in reality, they get harder sometimes. We don't do life alone. God is for us. God is with us. And with His Holy Spirit, He is actually in us, it says, as believers. We have plenty to worry about, it seems, but He tells us not to worry at all. Be anxious for nothing. But why? Because He's our shepherd. He's our provider. He's our protector. He's our sustainer. He's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. I've heard for probably my whole life, people say, I don't know how people make it without Jesus. And I agree 100%. I don't know how anybody makes it without Jesus in this broken down world where things are so difficult. To know that I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. To know that I can bring all my burdens and cast them upon Him because He cares for me. To know He loves me with an unconditional love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have to worry about my presence. You say, well, preacher, we know this. I mean, this is this is stuff we've already heard. Yeah, then why don't we live like it? We know it, but why don't we live like it? I think it's partly because we're like these early disciples. Jesus told them he was going to rise again. He didn't keep it a secret. I mean, he bluntly stated it more than once. I'm I'm going to go and I'll come again. But they I don't they didn't catch it. They didn't really believe it. They didn't process it. They didn't make it a part of their life. You know, they, they scattered. They fled. They, Jesus is dead. That's it. But it's not it. We do the same thing. The Bible is filled with the promises of God. We can read the promises, memorize the promises. The problem is we don't really believe them. Or at least we don't live like we do. We don't live them out. Listen, the stone is rolled away. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. And we do not have to worry about our past because our sin is forgiven. We don't have to worry about our present because our Savior is alive. And I think you know where I'm going next. We don't have to worry about our future. Why? Because heaven is our home. There's no doubt about it. We're living in evil days. Two of my brothers and I were talking about a little bit as I was coming over during Sunday school, talking about the evil of our day talking about how awful things are getting. And we're seeing things that I think a lot of us never thought we'd see and can imagine happening. And it's happening at a rapid pace and it seems to accelerate every single day. Evil seems to be triumphing. But the reality is we know that we've already won. Jesus is already victorious. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. The devil's time is limited. We don't know what tomorrow looks like or even if we'll have tomorrow, but we know where we'll be as believers 10,000 years from now. I don't know where I'm going to be this week. I really don't. I mean, anything can happen, but I know where I'll be a million years from now. I'll be with Jesus. What a glorious thought. I don't have to worry about my future. Can I just encourage you today? Things won't always be like this. Life won't always be hard. We won't have a prayer list filled with sickness and disease and families that are mourning the loss of a loved one. Because the Bible says that He's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death forever. We don't have to worry about our future. One day everything will be made right. One day everything will be set right. The hope of the resurrection is our hope. We won't need pills. One day. We won't need the doctors one day. The Bible says we're going to have a glorified, resurrected, perfect body. Can't even fathom it. Can't even imagine it. But I'm going to experience because God says so. He's alive, beloved. We don't have to live worried about our past, worried about our present, and worried about our future because Jesus is alive. The stone is rolled away and Jesus lives forever. One more word though. That's true for the believer. If you are not a believer, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you ought to be eat up with worry. Worried about your past and your sin. Worried about your present. Worried about your future. Because the Bible is very clear that there is only one Savior. There's only one way. Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except by Me. And so, what is the message for you today if you find yourself outside the family of God? It's simply this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. He will forgive you of your sin. He'll cleanse you. He'll purify you. He'll make you a son or daughter of God. He'll give you a home in heaven. He'll give you a peace and a joy that you've never experienced. No, doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. doesn't mean you're not going to fail. doesn't mean that things aren't going to be hard at times. But you'll never face any of that alone as we've been talking about. Because He's with you. And He loves you. And He's for you. And the reason we celebrate today is because we recognize that Jesus is alive. See, He voluntarily gave His life on the cross. He voluntarily shed His blood because He knew He needed to be saved. He voluntarily was buried. He voluntarily rose again. He he was victorious over sin, death, hell, the grave. The Bible is very plain, very clear that if you'll trust Jesus, you will be saved. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. What a friend. Saving, loving, keeping. He will be with us till the end and then forevermore. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's bow together. Friend. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. I know I'm talking to a lot of Christians today. In fact, I would say probably the majority here today, you would say, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Christ. I rejoice with you in that. But how about it? Are you eaten up with worry? Are you worried about the past? Are you worried about the present? Are you worried about the future? Maybe today, as you're seated there in that pew, you need to talk to the Lord and... Roll those burdens off you onto Him. He says to cast all of your care upon Him because He cares for you, He loves you. And He wants you to have that peace that passes all understanding. And so right where you are, I would encourage you today, whatever it is that's burdening you down, give it to Him. You don't have to bear it anymore. And then very quickly, for someone who might be here and... Maybe you've never heard the Gospel till today or maybe you've heard it a hundred times. But you've never responded in faith. You could do that right where you are. He's already done everything that has to be accomplished for you to be saved. You just have to receive His free gift. Tell Him right there where you are, you want to know Him. You you want Him to be your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin and make you His child He will. And I encourage you to do that. And you too can leave here unburdened because your sin is forgiven. Christ is your Savior. And heaven is your home. Father, would you work in these pews in these precious people's lives? You know what they need. You know what they're dealing with. Holy Spirit, have your will in your way. Do that which only You can do. Lord Jesus, would You be great in this place. Would You be worshipped and magnified and lifted up. We come today, this is not about us. This is about You. And the glory of Yourself. And the finished work of Calvary. The victorious work of the resurrection. So, Lord, would you please unburden hearts today, whether it be my brothers and sisters or whether it be a new brother or sister in Christ. Help us to understand just how fabulous, how marvelous this truth really is that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. We give you glory, we give you praise, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn is 270. It's the hymn we talked about at our sunrise service. And friend, I want to invite you. The altar is open. Maybe you still need to come and pray about something or maybe you'd like someone to pray with you. We'd love to do that. If you still have questions about salvation, we'd love to talk with you about it. But... As we stand and sing, the altar is open. But listen to these words as well, glorious words, and marvel at the resurrection. Let's stand together. 270, Christ the Lord is
0: risen to